My name is Jake McLean. And I'm Max Eisen. And you're listening to the Life, Leadership, and Laughs podcast. Hey there, friends. Thanks so much for listening to the Life, Leadership, and Laughs podcast. Uh, you know, my name is Jake McLean. And uh, uh, I'm Max. God. So uh, what's been new and exciting? Hmm, well, let's take a look at the leak. The leak. There's a leak in my boat. Um, oh, it was my birthday. Oh, yeah, it was. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we went to out- <laughs> the Outback Steakhouse. Nice, sick. Got a got a good steak and uh, mashed potatoes, and then this week we went and tried a biscuit place in downtown Knoxville. A biscuit place. Yes, it's like it's called Matt Robs. Mm. Uh, had some biscuits and gravy. You know, uh, cool name, okay, but they missed the mm-hmm. opportunity. They could have just been named Butter My Biscuits, because. Hey babe, you want you want to butter my biscuits? I oh, I I don't I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, it was good. It was uh, yeah, it was kind of hard to find. It was also snowing. I don't know if you saw Alyssa's fo- I did. Uh, Facebook post. Yeah, that was a that was a that was a good capture of snow. Seriously, uh, we had like a Midwest winter not winter uh weather week like monday it was 60 degrees tuesday or sorry 60 degrees on monday thursday and friday we got five and a half inches of rain and then on saturday we got two to three inches of snow jesus and then all of the snow was like yesterday it was on the ground and then gone with like less than 24 hours Mm. and all these folks were like oh my gosh like look at all of this and i was like you know what the real reason is behind all of this global warming amen <laughs> uh, i was really waiting for some i could really use some of that global warming <laughs> uh but i didn't see any of those posts which thank god makes me feel a little bit better yeah. what's what's been new and exciting in your world Nothing much. Uh, recruitment has started for the boys, and so uh, we are uh, neck deep in that now. Uh, bid day is on Wednesday. On a Wednesday? Yeah. Well, bid the uh, the day to accept bids is on Thursday, but you can start handing them out on Wednesday. But it's be- it's because SIGAP has to go to a conference or something the weekend. Uh, so. Huh. Curious. Yeah. I saw the new officer retreat was uh, this weekend. Did you have any involvement? Uh, of course I did uh, because uh, people, you know, respect my uh, leadership uh, authority. Um, so I led a session about uh, leading through uh, leading effectively in the gray areas. Ooh, what are the gray areas that you discussed? So we talked about um, ethical dilemmas. So we talked about the different filters that you could look at uh, ethics. Um, and then I was like, yeah, you know, uh, there's a lot of 
competing commitments that you have when you're trying to make decisions, uh, in particular ethical ones, because if you have to hold a brother or a sister accountable for things, uh, but you also have a competing commitment of maintaining relationships, you're going to find yourself in some trouble. Yeah. So then we, uh, I only had 30 minutes, so I couldn't, oh, I couldn't do like a super deep dive on ethics. So I chose to address them internally uh, rather than externally. Yeah. Um, and so we talked about what to do or how to address the assumptions that we make around our competing commitments. Yeah. I think focusing on internal is certainly uh, more relevant. I mean, there certainly are those external moments of like, what, are you yelling at Sophie? Uh, no, I'm talking to you. <laughs> okay. I mean, internally is probably the hardest. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, because they're, they're your brothers or sisters. Yeah. And it's a lot harder to hold somebody accountable that you're, close with or at least well, I, somewhat close with them. yeah i mean think of our um our fraternity you know somebody gets bad grades a couple semesters in a row it's like oh he's just going through a tough time we gotta you know we gotta circle support him yeah then there i mean there's more like mm, you broke the policy bye-bye was that us <laughs> yeah i mean i think yeah well i think it's yeah, that certainly is one. It's uh, it's hard because it's like, where do you draw the line? Yeah, where do you... Because, you know, there were those folks that uh, I uh, encountered that broke said policy uh, more than once. Yeah. And what do you, what do, you do? Do, you, do you hold them accountable? You throw the book do you let them slide? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's tough. And so uh, I had a good time talking about that on Saturday. Um, yeah. Other than that, I mean, nothing really has been too new. Uh, like I told you before we started recording, um, I just left my dad's, uh, my grandma's got us in a committee for planning my dad's benefit. So uh, we had a meeting today. Was there any, did you did she have the car yet or she does not have the car yet uh, but we do have uh, our gun raffle tickets uh and so uh, our rage yeah it's called a our rage carbine lar15 so you know i used to use a carbine uh back in the halo 2 days <laughs> i it was actually a lot uh i enjoyed it because it was a single shot uh, versus the battle rifle or BR for short. Uh, I used to be able to triple shot back in the day, but it's been a while. I don't know what a real actual gun would do, but uh, that's a carbine. But I'm gonna be buying some tickets because I got my Foid card. So. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. My dad, and my uncle went shooting the other day, and I was like, was "My invite." I mean, as long as long as you got the. The Foyd card, and you've obtained it legally. Uh, oh, boom! Magic tricks. Uh, for those at home, Jake just turned a multicolored uh, stick wand to full red, and then flipped it back. Uh, 
look at it go. He's doing something. I really enjoy your dog dad hat. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Where'd you get that? uh, I got it as a Christmas present from my sister. I also got socks with Sophie's face on it. Oh my gosh. So, but I wore this because I'm thinking, because we were talking about merch last ep- last episode, mm-hmm. so, you know, just, you know, hit him with a little, you know. Yeah, that's a, what size, like, font is that? Or like, how, is it like two inches, do you think? An inch? I don't know. And this looks like an inch. Here, let me uh, just, yeah, it's about an inch. Last time we talked about, last time we talked about, civility cancel culture we talked about some dialogue yeah it says that you have risks associated with learning and making change Ooh, did i type that in <laughs> you did. holy shit i did type that wow look at me go risks uh, risks associated with making change okay so here we go so you know how people are always scared about making change uh, like afraid to take um, like all of that is grounded in fear, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, fear of the unknown, fear of failure, you know, all of the common things that you hear when you're talking about change. So, yeah. Uh, um, I've always been the one that like flies by the seat of his pants, right? Uh, it's my, oh yeah, it's my preferred leadership style, and uh, it drives some people absolutely fucking wild. Hey. For those of you at home, Max is raising his hand. Uh, so <laughs> it's not that okay. Okay, hold on. It's not that it drives me crazy. It's just like Sophie, come here. It just puts me out of my comfort zone because I'm so used to like trying to have an agenda, yeah. have a plan. Yeah. Uh, execute that plan it's been well researched oh, yeah. and then there are some folks that come in and they're like you know what let's do this and then it just happens yep. and you're one of those people where it's just like how does it like that's uh, that's why I think like sometimes I'm just like how, how does he do it yep. how did like because it's, it's, so con- it's honestly because I just retain knowledge uh, so, I, yeah. so I just have it built up and so, yeah. uh, so when I respond to things uh, it's like I'm just um, I'm using the knowledge I already have uh, to respond effectively, uh, using a little bit of verbal fluency uh, and just rolling mm. with it, uh, being spot. What is, what is verbal fluency? I mean, uh, um, a more crude way to put it is uh, bullshitting, mm. uh, baking it till I make it a little bit. Okay. Uh, but it's just like, you know. Now, have you ever found uh, that verbal fluency has ever come back to bite you? Oh, yeah. Plenty of times. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Uh, Tell me about it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, um, usually if I'm – so if I'm bullshitting, that's when it really bites me because then somebody calls me on information and I'm like, mm, yeah, you're right. Good point. And then the conversation <laughs> over. But if it's like – uh like i I take the new member retreat uh for example uh so you you're verbal fluencing it yeah so uh chris and i met thursday last thursday to talk about the session uh and i was like all right here's what i'm thinking here's what we can do he's like cool cool yeah do this this and that and i was like great got it so i called him the next day at about 5 15 after i've been slamming my head against the desk trying to type this up 
Um, yeah. And I call him at 5.15. I'm like, hey, are you ready to hate me? He's like, oh, God, please tell me you aren't sick and like can't make the presentation or whatever. It's like, no, 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 no. Nothing like that. No, it's like, fine. oh, okay, cool. What's up? It's like, I'm going to completely change everything we talked about. <laughs> okay. So um, I tried working on it for like another half hour or so before I was going to go make dinner for the boys. Uh, but I couldn't. So I got to the office at like 10 o'clock uh, the morning. I was going to deliver the presentation three different times. Mm -hmm. uh, I got in and I was like, all right, we're doing a live. Here we go. Uh, and I just threw it together and it was fine. Does that come, is that more verbal fluency or is it more of the waiting till the last minute to throw it together and the kind of like adrenaline rush that you get from it? I mean, I think, verbal, or is it a little bit of both? I think it's a little bit of both uh, because yeah. I certainly do get adrenaline from shit like that. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a little bit of both, but I think verbal fluency is a skill that I pick up because of that. So I can just mm -hmm. start rattling it off. Create a conversation. It's like I channel the adrenaline into like a central focus and then just boom, hit it. Well, I, I won't lie though, but I, I got to let my dog out. Hang on. Just okay. I'll entertain the folks. So if anybody is still looking for a MacBook 13.3-inch uh, Retina, I am currently selling one, so please uh, head a brother up. I would preferably like to get around $500, but I'm willing to hear offers, so uh, just let me know. Uh, currently, Jake is raising money for his dad's benefit, and so... If you have any uh, financial contributions, every dollar would help um, that cause. Just a reminder, you can follow us on social media. Uh, for me, at M. Slicer, both on Twitter and Instagram. And for Jake, uh, you can follow him at MC Leadership Guy, Twitter and Instagram. Um, something that I've been doing this weekend is watching a little bit of the XFL. It's been uh, fun to watch and a little bit uh, crazy as I look at the screenshot of them reviewing plays with an Xbox controller. It, uh, I don't know. It's It's been great to watch. It's been a lot of fun, but also just hilarious to see all of the memes like the cheese guy that ate a whole craft uh, single cheese on the side and just deadpanned uh, the camera. Um, I think the play has been very good in comparison to what people had thought it was going to be, just kind of washed up football. But there's been some really good plays and just total, like, I don't know, just feel the play. It's been pretty good. It's been fun to watch. And I have to say that right now I am a Seattle Dragons fan. Um, they lost, but. Um, I've always had a fatuation with Seattle and kind of traveling there. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a, uh, I like their logo. Uh, and there aren't any Wisconsin teams or a random Chicago team to, to cheer for, even Tennessee team. So, um, you know, I'd probably cheer for a Chicago team if it wasn't uh, NFL because I'm not a Bears fan. I'm a Packers fan, but uh, yeah, curious to see how it works. 
someone said already they have um, made more money than AAF in this weekend alone in comparison to the entire time that was open. So I certainly don't think it's going to be a competitor to the NFL, but I think it's going to be a great alternative. It's been nice to have more football on uh, this weekend. And on Twitter alone, um, it's been trending. It has had a lot of discussion and chatter, so I'm curious to see how uh, it looks. And welcome back, Jake. Let's talk a little bit about the XFL. The XFL? What the hell is that? The XFL is the Extreme Football League that is owned by Vince McMahon and has started this weekend. Okay. There are eight teams, uh, and they are playing now uh, since the NFL is over. Okay. They are trying not to be a competitor, but I think just kind of like another avenue for folks to play in. Hmm. Uh, it's been really good football, uh, kind of surprisingly to a lot of people. So I, um, I think I sent this uh, to you, but I am familiar with a different kind of uh, extreme football. Uh, give me two oh, seconds. No. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, I might have sent it to you already, but I'll just pull up the the vid real quick. So here you go. (laughs) I love that guy. What is the name of that guy? Uh, Bob uh, Mennery. He's so funny. Uh, yeah, here I I I literally I didn't respond to the last one that you sent to me because I can literally respond. I'm dead each time because they're just they crack me up. Yeah, yeah, you know it's uh, it's wild. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Uh, so uh, back to our uh, main topic for today. Yeah. So you were talking a little bit about verbal fluency. Yeah. Um, but my thought is, does this really kind of tie into humble inquiry? Ooh, uh, say a little bit more about why you're drawing that connection. Well, for that reason alone. Yeah. And that if someone says something during like a conversation, so like you're meeting and talking about, okay, so uh, what are the challenges with holding your uh, brothers or sisters accountable? Someone says, you know, it's really hard because they're, uh, you know, they're a really good friend and they're really close to me. Right. Oh yeah. Great. Um, you know, why don't you tell me a little bit more about that? That draws out the time yeah. that you need to talk. Because <laughs> 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 literally all you have to do is say, oh yeah. Yeah. It's really, because I guess I could see a student saying like, yeah, it's really hard to hold your friends accountable. Well, yeah. Tell, yeah. You're right. You know, tell me a little bit more about that. Well, you know, it's hard to hold my friends accountable because like, you know, I'm pretty much close to everyone, you know, we all are trying to get by and people make mistakes, like yada, yada, yada. Like it just eats up the time that you need to present. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of that, I think. Uh, But it's also, so like my motivation for doing it is so that, because as a former FSL director, you know that some students perceive these events to be a waste of their time. Oh, absolutely. And so I want to make sure that um, if I, if I bring a can planned program to something 
Right. And it does not fit the room. I need to be able to adapt, adapt and have some flexibility. And so I think opening up conversation and being able to talk and then draw other people out so that they can talk. Um, I mean, it's a crucial step to make sure that they're getting what they need, not what I want them to get out of the session. Yeah. And I, I think that's really important that they need to kind of be the authors of the session. Like they need to really be able to talk about the issues that they're facing in the organizations. Oh yeah. How, how was the general like mood towards um, like the fraternity and story of life and officer treat this year? You know, I think uh, at first a lot of people were a little like, it was a little hit or miss. Um, but for the most part, I mean, everybody rated it pretty okay. Um, there were only a handful of, um, you know, longer, shorter things. Mm-hmm. A couple people said we need a better food. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that's. But I mean, for the most part, everybody loved their sessions. So that was cool. I just, I was just curious because of the timing of the like overall day was a little bit shorter this year and compared to years past is how, yeah, the, if that has any effect. Well, so everybody who came to my session got told that ours used to be like a full freaking day. Uh, yeah. Cause we used to go like eight to three, didn't we? For ours. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when we were in undergrad, we, we went off campus. Yeah. Yeah, we went off campus so was, about 45 minutes away. Yeah, so it was like a full day. It was a full yeah, we would get home by like 4:30. Yeah. And what did the what the folks say when they heard that? They were like, "Oh my Jesus. Well, thank God it's only 4 hours." I'm like, "Yeah." And you have well, yeah, the first 45 minutes, so it's like yeah, you get to eat for like a third of your time, right. fourth of your time. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, you know, I just think that um uh, Reverend Ott uh, gave a um, a what do you call it? A charge? Um, no, she delivered the message at a chapel service. Um, uh, the message's theme was the risk of learning and like stepping outside your own comfort zone and things like that. Mm. Um, tied more, I think, to uh, race and conversations about race. Uh, than anything mm-hmm. else, but um, but I'm thinking about the risks of learning and like stepping outside of like our comfort zone and the things we do all the time. Yeah, because somebody asked me uh, one day uh, why I work the way I work. Um, in, in what way? Like the the harbinger of chaos, like I do things at the last minute kind of way. Oh, um, was it me? No, it was somebody <laughs> that I currently uh, work with at Monmouth. They Oof. they said, um, you know, I just don't understand why you do why you why you do this. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> why do you do it? But I said, like, you know, I think when I first started, it was like we had this theme of like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, and so, you know, we would just do the same things over and over again. And, yes. and and that mentality uh, blew up in my face one day and I had made some people feel like unwelcome uh, at my program. 
Uh, they didn't get anything out of it because they were so distracted by like the, the problematic nature of it. And so, mm. Uh, mm. I think I remember that. Yeah. And so it completely like just tanked my entire semester because I was so focused on like trying to make it better, but then being trapped in like, I can't just make all these radical changes. And so yeah. I don't know. I started, uh, you know, now I just treat everything as an experiment and there's like a, it's like a, there's a great uh, benefit to that because you never really try to do things the same way all of the time. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I think in life there are some things that like fundamentally stay the same, but, you know, uh, taking risks and trying to do things differently. Um, it looks different for other people. Most, yeah. most of the time, the stuff that I do that for are like uh, low stakes, but a high reward, right? I never right. like... It's not like I'm making this huge gamble on like my intuitive idea. Um, and, you know, there's like no grounding for it. It's like, you know, we spend some time getting to know it and talking about it and doing things, but I don't know. Well, I think, I think because you can sense like what is more high stake and what isn't. Yeah. Like, I think there's like a level of like new officer retreat while as an important thing to prepare for like you can also experiment in there oh yeah same with like stockdale fellows like i feel like <clears throat> i feel like if you start off like one of your sessions with your students so i'm gonna try something new tonight i think most of them would be like okay i think i opened up one of the sessions at the new officer retreat going well you know uh, a lot of the new officers here are stockdale fellows so i'm trying <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to work out some new content uh, so you guys can let me know if it works out or not. And so I, yeah. there, I was like, all right, everybody, welcome to the show. My name is Jake McLean. Uh, but uh, well, yeah, because I think it's hard because like it's easy to get into the like what works. Oh, yeah. Uh, because I remember like the new officer retreat, like one of them that I held and you're like, all right leadership gallery yeah, I know. And like yeah and it because it works it's a good activity like look at like what you did for didn't you do that for uh the organization that you helped out with stephanie yeah and they loved it right yeah. and but that's the thing is like you have like that's hard to yeah but then there are some like when, when i did it um and then the evaluations I got back, they're like, oh, I did this in like this session or in this grade, yeah. like whatever. And it's like, all right, well, cool. Sorry. <laughs> Time to switch. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, that, but that's also hard when you're at a small school and you're triple dipping. Yeah. But that, that was something that I was thinking about too, is like one of the things that we're really trying to think about in student life at Wesleyan but I don't, it's going to be a very uphill battle is getting student athletes to get outside of their sport, mm. which I think you could probably uh, relate to at being a small institution that's residential. Right. I mean, we have a lot of commuters, so that throws kind of like our weird mix into it. But uh, yeah, trying to get student athletes to get out of their comfort zone and do things is really challenging. Well, and you know, you gotta <clears throat> always address the, uh, the R, the ROI. Uh, right. So, you know, 
or the regional officer institute uh, but you know it's uh yeah man i don't know it's it's tough well yeah because it's like if you break them up are they going to have a good time yeah and there's like some kind of like retention in there of like by keeping them grouped up they're going to be with people that are kind of going through the same experience mm-hmm. uh but is that like if that experience goes away does that throw it all to shambles yeah and like sometimes you got to think about um like um where is the where's the edge of their comfort zone uh and where's like their uh like um their panic zone and then finding the middle ground between those two yeah um you know so i mean it's like you also have to give them the language to be able to articulate how they're feeling yeah and and let them know and validate like what they say and you know incorporate it into what you're doing but I think yeah. it's just as transferable right outside of student life because I think about all the stories I've heard from, you know, mom and dad or, you know, uh, somebody working for some company that, you know, doesn't give a damn about <laughs> how they're feeling, what they're thinking. And so it's like, how are we giving people the, um, the autonomy? Yeah. Or even the opportunity to speak up and go, you know what, maybe we could try doing something Maybe we could try this or try that or, um, you know, because what's the worst that could happen to, uh, you know, different things? Like, again, some of the, like, group learning and the uh, team development stuff, um, some of that is uh, high stakes uh, but low risk. If it's something that affects the companies or the organization's overall like mission their 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 central the work central to their identity then obviously mm-hmm. that's higher stakes higher risk um but some magic could happen in that and so i don't know <clears throat> I, I feel like i've been burned by not taking risks and not trying new things um so now i'm just an extremist like burn it all down let's try it like uh, break let's break the wheel uh, and then reinvent it again and again and again and again well isn't that a part of like the leadership challenge is like challenging the process oh yeah it is it is literally and that's like one of the hardest things to do yeah because like i mean like there is a particular thing at my current like where i'm working currently mm-hmm. um and like it is a it is a meeting uh, it's not my student life staff meeting. If uh, if you're listening, it's not that. Uh, but it is a meeting that I go to that is not run efficiently. And literally, like myself and another coworker, like we're a bit afraid to be like, like there's never been like a yeah. So let's let's check in. Like, mm-hmm. how are these meetings going? Does anyone have any thoughts or opinions or yeah, like that like that process? Yeah, like, does anyone think that, like, is there any, like, anybody have any questions? Like, I've asked a question, and, like, I felt very stupid for, like, asking a question related to something for this meeting. And it's just, like, I mean, like, I'm not here to challenge a process yet. 
but like I'm trying to gain more information. Right. And I think it's, it doesn't, I think it's the responsibility of people who have more power in that dynamic, uh, to protect those who speak up and ask questions or, um, or that trying to, and like introduce a, uh, different perspective, uh, because if those things don't happen, um, you're going to silence people and then you're just doing the same thing over and over again. And then eventually complacency sets in and then like, it might not happen in a year or two years, whatever, but like further down the road, like, I don't know. It can create some good change. Yeah. I mean, the thing with how the, the thing about, well, sorry to cut you off. No, that's right. The thing about it though, is like my current situation, it's not even like a, this is going to take two years. It's like a, we could implement this right now. Yeah. Yeah. But instead we're not going to, and we'll just continue doing it. Yeah. And I think that as I've uh, grown and developed, I'm trying to, um, before I pitch a wild and crazy idea doing like an environmental analysis, you know, uh, trying mm-hmm. to, um, like, will this like really work? You know, who would the shake up? How would they shake it up? Uh, you know, how would the decision shake it up? Who would it shake up? All of those different things. Yeah. And so I don't know. Well, because then that gets back to, uh, it has to be a shared process. Yeah. People have to because if it's not, uh, and people like want to think, like if I bring this idea and I don't have the person that's driving the work or the process, right? Think that they are invested or share that same vision that I have, like it's game over. Well, yeah, and I mean, I think about the uh, the people that you have who would be your naysayers, right? Mm-hmm. and think of all of the things that play into them naysaying it you know like before you pitch a, a change you got to consider what people are gonna you know um if if this if if the implementation of your change is going to um, be your win then how mm-hmm. is somebody else losing uh what right. might somebody else be losing and you know how is that being addressed with that group of people Right. You know, because you have your naysayers, you know, who uh, maybe they're just jaded and disengaged from the organization completely. And that's why they're naysaying. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's going to uh, further limit resources that they have available to them. I mean, we see that in higher ed, you know, for budget stuff. uh, Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, um, how can we really... um, take into full effect because if people don't have an opportunity to to um speak on a decision before it's made and that decision is going to affect them in at least some capacity you know they don't have to be totally agreed on your change but um you know if they don't get to have any say and feel like they were at least heard out along the way they're never going to buy in and so, I mean, there again, it's up to people who are in positions of power to, to validate those folks and to make them feel include them. Yeah, yeah, include I them, think make them like feel heard. Include, yeah, yeah, including people in the process is like I think something that you and I have learned like very quickly is how important that is. Oh yeah, and it's super frustrating when you're left out. Yeah, or you like question like why you aren't included. Yeah. 
I mean, it also just makes me think about like going to conferences uh, because something that I found challenging as a new professional was, uh, and I think it's, it's going to be interesting as I go to, I'm going to a conference uh, soon with students uh, for orientation. Uh, it's called Shrodeo. Uh It's a, yes, it is a whole, the theme is rodeo. Hell yeah. Um, and what's interesting to me is like, in a, as a new professional, going to a conference and having all these ideas and then trying to come back and implement something new and like the level of difficulty it is to be like, well, like, I think this could really work. And then you come back and it's like, this is going to be very, very difficult or oh, yeah. not applicable at all. Right. So just how students, like if they come back, like, well, we should do this and just like navigating that, but also just like, it's something that I'm thinking about, like when I hope to supervise a professional someday of like encouraging that creativity. Mm -hmm. Giving them the autonomy to do things. Yeah. And just like, you know, if like you go to a conference, like, Hey, bring three, like three to five things that you really think would benefit our campus and why. And just like providing that space to be like, you know, if, if you think there are things we can change, like just being open to it. Yeah. And I just wonder how much change, like I think millennials like things to be more fast paced. <laughs> So I'm curious what higher ed will look like in five to 10 years when like the fast paced movers are the leaders and are the like, like head, like people mm -hmm. like, cause like one of the, like just something that I thought about, I was like, why doesn't, why doesn't an NCAA triple like a, a D3 school just become an NAIA? You could give out scholarships like, I'm sure that there's a lot of reasons why not to, but it's just like, just flipping the entire model of like athletics. I mean, we're in any NAIA school and we're given a cap salary. It's not actual money. I found it out. It is not actual money that we're giving in scholarships. It's like a deduction. So we have a cap of money that we can give based on our institution type and just where we're at. But if a team performs well academically, you get more money in your cap. So I was thinking like, why doesn't like a school like Monmouth where we need more people switch to NAIA? Now granted, there are not many institutions near us. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, which would make it nearly impossible. We traveling. We'd have to go to Chicago. Yeah, the travel would be insane. But uh, if that became a new model, I'm just curious. Just what's what's going to be the the big change, especially for small schools in the next ten years? Yeah, even sooner than that, though. Three to five, really. Oh yeah, three to five. Yeah, I mean, shoot, found out that uh, Tennessee Wesleyan. Oh, uh, it's not officially announced. So I probably can't say it. I'll tell you off air. Yeah. Uh, but when I get the okay to share it uh, on the podcast, uh, I was really jacked to hear what was coming to our school. I love that uh, we more soon. I love that we both have uh, like uh, 
redacted information for the yeah for, for, to, to be explored in a future episode yeah yeah i mean well because this kind of gets into that like the new model and like new different things that are being invested in and it's like yeah yeah for a later time yeah well we're uh a little over a half hour uh of content okay um yeah I think that that might be good for t- today. Yeah, I think just a little. I think a little short one. I think so, also, and then we can uh, hop off and talk about all of our sensitive shit. Yeah, and then you know we'll come back and I don't know what that maybe feel out the folks. Do they like a longer episode? Do they like a little bit shorter? Yeah, I think a, a thirty-five to forty minute is a pretty good. It's like my commute. Yeah, see, and that's why I like hours because mm. uh, that's my commute. So I like a little bit longer just to get me through. But yeah. I get that. Let us know. Yeah. And if you're interested in joining the conversation, make sure to reach out. You can email me at jakemclean at jakespeaks.org. And yeah, during the the commercial break where uh, Jake was taking out his dog, Sophie, I uh, I let him know about our socials. Oh, sick. But we can do it again. No, we can just drop it in the show notes and I'll leave that part. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just take it out in the show notes. Uh, uh, and if you want $40 off your first box for HelloFresh, yeah. make sure to check that invite link in the in the show notes below. I loved my HelloFresh box because it was just so simple. Everything was right there. Didn't have to buy more groceries. Uh, and there were some pretty, uh, pretty good meals. Yeah. Haley and I skipped a couple of weeks. Uh, and uh-huh. we've been eating like trash. And so she's like, bring back HelloFresh or I walk. Uh, so what what has been your go-to like trash meal? Uh, my go-to trash meal, uh, Pizza Hut, taco pizza, stuffed crust. Okay. Uh, Alyssa and I had mellow mushroom last night, which is a pizza. Uh, and man, the marinara sauce. Uh, a couple weeks ago, um, we're also really big into Taco Bell. Uh-huh which I know kind of made that does that stab you in the heart a little bit because it's not real okay. Mexican food. It's not, but oh, I love a good quesadilla from there. Yeah. You know, a quesadilla in particular, so easy to make at home. I know, but that chicken chipotle, the, the, the jalapeno, extra jalapeno sauce. That's not at home. Yeah, that's, that's true. All right. Well, uh, for this week's episode, uh, I'm Jake McLean. And I'm Max Icer. Am I? I am. Who am I? What am I doing? Who am I? All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Have a great week. Goodbye. Goodbye.